Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording live from our Podstream studios in Times Square. You know, folks, at the beginning of every week, I really try and kind of work myself up a bit, right, to really produce endorphins to really, you know, get some positive energy moving. Because I know that by the time that we get through yet another week in this fuck show we call America, you're exhausted, depleted, and are outdone. Over the weekend, I did MSNBC with Eamon Mohideen, and I shared the link on Facebook's Woke AF Nation and on Twitter And one of the questions that I was asked was, Danielle, do you think that Democrats are going to work on expanding the court? And I, you know, I wanted to laugh, not because I thought that the question was bad, but because do I think that Democrats are going to do anything full stop should just be the question? And my answer is no, they're not. What we've seen over the past, I don't know, eight god-awful months, right? It's been eight months, folks, since the Biden administration came into office. And I got to tell you, I know that I asked this question, you know, earlier in the week, but I really do not feel better off. And what does that say for a person like myself whose job is politics, whose job is media, and to be in the know? What does it say that for so many years I have spent countless hours, right, working on advancing, you know, anti-discrimination policies, lobbying on the Hill, being on radio, being on TV, because I believe that America can be better than it is. I believe in the responsibility of each generation to do more, to move the boulder of equality up the fucking mountain, right? But I got to tell you that the images, the images that we are seeing, whether it is 
you know, half the state of California under on fire or underwater, whether it's, you know, the, the hurricanes that have, you know, gone through Louisiana, Mississippi, whether it is the flooding that happened in Philadelphia and New York and New Jersey, you know, whether it's now what is troubling me so much this goddamn week is the fact that we're not going to get a $3.5 billion infrastructure bill. And you know why we're not going to get that $3.5 billion infrastructure bill? Because Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin, the two bullshit Democrats in the Senate, think that the, you know, the price tag is too big, right? They didn't seem to think that there was anything wrong with the price tag to give to the Pentagon. They don't seem to think that there's anything wrong with the $720 billion budget that the Pentagon has, right? But whenever we're asking, whenever we are demanding that our tax dollars be used to strengthen our social safety nets, to strengthen our own communities, we always receive pushback. I don't know how many more storms and fires, crumbling bridges, subway stations turning into full geysers that we need to see on the news on repeat for us to recognize that something needs to be done. I don't, you know, I read an article over the weekend about childcare workers and how childcare workers who make minimum wage and depending on what state you are in, that minimum wage could be as high, and I use that in air quotes, as high as $15 an hour or as low as $7.25 an hour. And childcare workers are quitting in mass. There is a deficit of 126,000 childcare workers. So what does that mean for working families, working parents? It means that you are going to struggle to be able to find childcare for your children, which is going to prevent who from having to leave the workforce in order to be able to rear your children at home. Women. Everything always falls back on the backs and the shoulders of women. And what economists are saying about this shortage of childcare workers is that let this be a first of red flags and sirens about how unstable our economy is about to be. Because again, if people don't have childcare work, right, they don't have childcare workers, that means that families will have to leave the workforce, which means that then they are not contributing to our economy in the ways that need to be contributed to. These people, childcare workers, are leaving in mass. Why? Because the pay sucks. And they're going to get jobs as bank tellers or assistants or anywhere, frankly, that is going to pay them a living goddamn wage. Staying on this tip, listen to this. I guess the happiest place on earth actually isn't the happiest fucking place on earth. Looking at you, Disneyland. So evidently, 25,000 Disneyland employees are suing, right, in a class action lawsuit because they don't have living wages. Listen to this report that was done by Occidental. And let me tell you something. I got to tell you, it's b- but done by Occidental College. So this is a survey of 5,000, what Disneyland refers to their workers as cast members. I guess that makes you feel great that you can't afford to pay any of your bills if you 
are called a cast member as opposed to a worker or staff or whatever the fuck. But listen to this. So in this report, in this study called Working for the Mouse, a study by Occidental College and the Economic Roundtable published back in February 2018 found that 11% of Disneyland employees reported experiencing homelessness. Can you imagine working for a multi-billion dollar company? I want you to understand what the fuck Disney owns, like everything, right? They own networks. They own amusement parks. They own media platforms. You have Disney Plus. You have all of these things that Disney owns. And 11% of the people that are working at Disneyland, according to this Occidental College report from 2018, and mind you, 2020 fucked us all, right? So numbers did not look better in 2020, they actually looked worse. So 11% of employees, this means people that are working were homeless, okay? 68% of the 5,000 people that were studied were food insecure, meaning that they did not know where their next meals were coming from. And 73% said that they do not earn enough for basic living expenses, Folks, how can we justify multi-billion dollar corporations who have made their riches on the backs of their lowest paid workers and justify the fact that you are working 40 hours a week and that is not enough to put food on the table for three meals a day? It is not enough to pay all of your bills at the same time? It is not enough for you to have a roof over your head? And you, so here's the myth that Republicans always like to push, right? Is that like, we don't need to raise the minimum wage because it's just kids that have these jobs. No, the fuck it's not, right? It is actually adults, adults with families, right? Who cannot afford to live. They can't afford to live. How do you tell people to work? 40 hours a week, and the, the, the assumption that Republicans make is that, oh, those that are on minimum wage are lazy. Are you fucking kidding me? These people are busting their asses in jobs and in places that those members of Congress would never even step fucking foot in, right? I remember back in the day that Senator Cory Booker had set up a challenge, and I think that he might have been the only uh, member of the Senate that took it up. But he decided for a month to try and live on, uh, on minimum wage, right? So Cory Booker took up this challenge so that he could understand exactly what he was fighting for and why these policy changes needed to be made so that people could have a living wage, right? What does it mean to have a living wage that you can pay rent, pay for groceries, pay your utilities, right? And still maybe, just maybe, have a little bit left over so that, I don't know, you could see a movie, you could do something. Because you see, Republicans also believe, right, that you are undeserving. So we don't want to give you welfare. We don't want to give you any help or assistance whatsoever because, you know, that discourages work. So when Cory Booker did this experiment, right, and he offered it up to other members, but of course they didn't take him up. 
on that with their six figures that they make out of taxpayer dollars, not to mention the millions that they make with their fucking insider trading and all of the other hot shit that they do on a regular basis that they, mind you, don't get caught for, right? Like nobody says anything about it. They get tips and they decide what they're going to invest in and what they're not and what they're going to pull their money out of. But that's all considered okay and above fucking board because those are white collar crimes for white people. Nonetheless, when I'm looking at this horrible situation in Disneyland where workers have been there for some 15 years, right, making pennies. And in one circumstance, this gentleman who I, this is a a story from uh, the San Francisco gate.com. But this man, I have to tell you, I was reading the story and I always have to stop myself because oftentimes I have to check my own privilege, which I think is really important to do because the person that is interviewed in here has been working for Disneyland for 15 years. And according to the article, let me read. Saracino has worked at Disneyland Hotel for 15 years as a valet, parking cars and assisting guests with their luggage. For all of those 15 years, he's earned minimum wage from Disney and supplemented his income with tips. But a recent decision from leadership that prevents valets from handling luggage has cut substantially into his earnings. He's now one of the 25,000 cast members, as Disneyland calls its employees, who are participating in a class action lawsuit against Disneyland that alleges the company is legally obligated to pay a living wage. He says this, I couldn't make it on minimum wage, which is how much they pay me. If they are going to make changes where I have less opportunity for tips, then that's half my income is gone. I hope to someday buy a house. That extra money, I should be able to invest in my community and my children have an edge. He considers himself fortunate that his wife and two children are getting by in affordable housing, but not every cast member at Disneyland can claim the same. So here's where I have to check my privilege. Because when I initially read the article, I said, how could anybody work anywhere for 15 years for minimum wage. How do you not go after getting a certificate or a degree or something that is going to move you out of this kind of cyclical poverty? And then I was checked and it was just like, well, how can you even entertain other ideas of how to move up, of how to expand when your basic needs are not met, when you are living paycheck to paycheck. You see, dreaming, right, and innovating and creating and having the time and the bandwidth to do so is in fact a privilege. It's a privilege for middle-income folks like myself. It's a privilege for those that are clearly upper middle class and upper class, right, to have that kind of luxury dream time right? To be able to think to yourself, what is next? What other opportunities can I go after? Right? But that, those are things that you can do when your basic needs are met. 
When you know where your next meal is coming from, when you have clothing, right, that doesn't have holes in it, right, that you have, like, uh, a transportation or the access to transportation to get to work, right, that your rent is paid, that your utilities are paid, right, that your kids are taken care of, that you have health care. You see, when you start to check all of those boxes, that then provides you with a certain level of privilege, And regardless of whether or not you look at me and you say, well, I'm black and I'm queer and I'm a woman, so there are a lot of things that are against me, sure. But economically, I have never known what it's like to have to juggle between paying one bill and not paying another. I've never had to wonder about where I was going to sleep or if I was going to be able to pay rent, right? I have never had that challenge. And so when thinking about this gentleman and him having been in this company for 15 years, making $7.25 an hour, where they have raised the minimum wage, right, in parts of California to $14. But you think about that, folks. Think about how much, right, because of COVID, how much the cost of things has increased, right? The other day I was home on Long Island with my family and because I don't have a car, I don't ever pay attention to gas prices and I'm driving around in my mother's car and I'm like passing gas stations and I look up and I'm like, holy shit, gas is three nineteen. That seems really fucking expensive, right? But again, these are things that I don't have to think about. And so I offer that tidbit to say, That when you read or you see news reports about people who are low income and about the struggles that they have, I really want us, right, those of us who live not paycheck to paycheck, those of us who have some means, even if it's not a lot, but have more, right, than folks that are making minimum wage, think about what it's like to live in their shoes. Think about what it's like to wonder and pray that no one in your family falls ill because you don't have any fucking health care. And that could very well send you literally into the poor house. Disneyland and the company Disney make so much fucking money that it is disgraceful that 25,000 of their employees have to put together a class action lawsuit just to get a living goddamn wage. What is wrong with this country, right? And what I keep saying is that, you know, capitalism is really some fuck shit. And I say that because I recognize that a lot of our problems, right, if we just follow the money or follow who has the money, we realize that capitalism causes more problems than it solves, right? That when... You know, we were in, if you can remember back to the Democratic primary, and you had folks talking about a basic, you know, basic income, right? Universal basic income, which many countries have, which provides your basic needs. Again, I've said this before, what would happen if your basic needs were met, if every American were receiving, right, that 
had a certain, you know, I'm not talking about the Bezos and, you know, those that are in the 1%. No, I'm talking about what if every American who needed, right, middle class and down received $2,500 a month, right, just to cover basic things, right, your utilities, groceries, whatever, you could spend it however, right? We're looking at what, you know, close to $30,000 a year. And that would be what the federal government would pay so that at the bare minimum, people are not housing insecure. They're not food insecure. And maybe they can pursue degrees and certificates that will allow them to make more money. But we also know that that's a lie as well. How many fucking people right now are saddled with six-figure student loan debt, many of which didn't even complete their degrees and are in debt because they had to drop out because they couldn't fucking afford the school? That is a lot of black and brown people, right, who midway through are like, yo, I can't afford this. And I can't afford the payback. And then you get looped into low-paying jobs just so that you can pay the minimum of your student loan debt back. This cycle is so vicious and it's so strategic because it is purposeful for capitalism to work. You have got to have people that are consistently on the bottom. So there's no incentive to change anything. And it's the greed of the 1% that is driving all of this with support from both fucking parties. Because the only difference I see when we talk about capitalism, when we talk about investment, frankly, between the Republicans and Democrats is the slogans that they use. Democrats want to say, oh, let's tax the rich and let's offer this, that, and the other thing, knowing good goddamn well they don't have the numbers to even be able to bring up something like that for a vote. Because too many of them are receiving funds from the fucking rich. So are you going to cut off your nose to spite your face? Are you going to bite the hand that feeds you? No, you're not. But you see... We set this up. And by we, I mean the United States Supreme Court set this up. You see, when they allowed for companies and corporations to act as people and give as much money and flood as much money into elections, they turned politicians into two-bit hookers, right? Doing a trick for whoever is going to put money into their pockets. So if that means, oh, I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth, Oh, yeah, tax the rich, but the rich is what is affording me my lifestyle as a senator or as a member of Congress, then I'm going to go easy on them. Because God forbid these fucking people pay their fair share. And that's, again, another line of rhetoric that we hear. Oh, folks need to pay their fair share. Really? Do they? Clearly they don't because they never have and they never will. Because that's how the system is set up. If you can afford the lawyers and the tax people to maneuver around all of these loopholes, then you are golden. But for the rest of us, you're pretty much fucked because you don't even know the rules of the game that you're being forced to play. 
that shift depending on the year, depending on who's in office. You have no idea. Because once you start to get a hold of things, they come in, flip the fucking table over like Tiffany Guadiz in The Real Housewives, and you're over. You're done. Starting back from zero. I got to tell you, you know, this story among so many other stories about how our economy is essentially collapsing. A couple of weeks ago, I reported on the fact that 11 and a half million people have left the workforce, right? That finally we are setting up in a way where you have some companies like the Amazons of the world, which we talk about, who have mass production quotas that they need to set up so much so that people aren't allowed to go to the bathroom. They are now having to compete for workers because people are quitting in mass because why the fuck am I doing this? So hopefully we are moving towards a place where workers, right, get to be the ones that are in charge and get to dictate the terms of how they work. But to me, that's like a pipe dream because it's always those that can write the checks that are going to be the ones that are in power. And it makes me fucking sick. I will leave you with this, folks. Times are getting tougher. The days are going to start to get shorter because we're headed into the fall and winter months. And I think that depression and anxiety are going to continue to be at an all-time high. You must make your mental health, your emotional well-being, your physical well-being a priority. Because as things get darker and harder, you're going to need to dig deeper in order to keep yourself buoyed above the toxicity, above the fray. So please do stay well and be well. That's it for today's Woke AF Daily Podcast. To hear more from me, including five full hour-long shows every single week, exclusive guest interviews, and more, support me on Patreon at patreon.com slash wokeaf. Power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. 
From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.